are plugged in to the Outlet Radio Show with Azania Shangay. Hello, listeners, and thank you for plugging into the Outlet Radio Show. I am your host, Azania Shangay. As you recall, this is a two-part episode. So without any further ado, I give you part two of my interview with Selwyn Seifu Hines. So now we got to we, we speed through the, the BET that you in exact yeah, at yeah, BET. Yeah. At what age? Uh... I was okay. I was in my thirties by then. Okay, so, okay, good. Because you know, I was about you know. to just throw throw my. So hands I'll do up the, the I'll do the very fast speed up, and I'll catch us up to two thousand five where BET starts. So after three sixty, I write a couple of books. Then I start working on Viacom, you know, MTV, Hip Hop Honors, a bunch of stuff. Then we get the BET in two thousand five. You wrote books at what age? Uh, my first book I was twenty nine. That's it. Um. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Unplug my mic. I'm done. I'm done here. Simple. Not cool. I'm glad we were not the same age because I just would have been like, all right, so where's the nearest McDonald's? Because I give up. <laughs> this is what. <laughs> but you know, it's so funny. Just to, not to jump off course again. That's such a writer thing. So you should actually like take pride in that. Because non-writers, they don't think that. They're just like, yeah, that's dope. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, writers feel like kind of like. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, no, nice. you, you you feel it in your blood. So, yeah, so take it as a, like, you oh, really I are a writer. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> I do the books. Um, I, I get to BET. And this is where my story changes. Because um, all along, I think I'm trying to move closer to film and television. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I've been, and it took me till well into my 30s to kind of find a, a unifying theory of me. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of need that, too. And there was a point where I was like, Am I falling victim to that sort of like, you know, jack of many, master of none thing? Because mm-hmm. by a young age, I was like, I've done so many things and mm-hmm. I was starting to confuse myself. And, you know, but I get into my 30s, you know, you just get a little smarter. And I'm like, no, 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 actually, you know what unifies all this stuff? You're just a storyteller, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Don't get trapped into like, well, he's an internet guy and then he's, all, you know. Oh, you my know, gosh, you, know, you just totally changed my life. See, you go. It's like, I no, love that. That's great. You just tell stories. Yeah. You know, whatever the platform, the medium, you tell stories. So I was like, oh, and that just brought me peace of mind. Yeah. So, you know, so I've been trying it because I wrote my first screenplay when my first book came out, which is a nice kind of symmetry. So my first book, that's my little memoir about, you know, how a guy and his kid ends up in the middle of hip hop. So I adapted my own first book, right? Wow. So it took, like a, it took like a year. You know, I wrote a script by 2003. You know, I had my first script. Mm-hmm. So, was, you know, 14 years ago, whatever. And, um, you know, I had all these generous, really generous people, you know, um, who, like, gave me good feedback. So I had people, like, read it and, you know, and the most salient thing I got, they were like, no, it's a movie. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I learned to write, like, screenplays, but yeah. they're like, but it's a, it's, and I was like, oh, okay, I can write a movie. So that then became my, like, you know, you know, like, you know, guy needs two, like, Jamaicans would be having, like, ten jobs and stuff, right? So that <laughs> so that quest then became my job behind the job. So right. whatever day job I was doing from 2003 on, I was always writing scripts on the side mm. and just trying to get better, just trying to get better, just trying to get better. So by 2005, 2006, I'm a BT, Reggie Hudlin is there, and Reggie changed my life. Um, that's my brother, my mentor, I love that dude. But when, when Reggie took over programming at BT, he was... That was his day job, right? 
He was also writing Black Panther for Marvel. Wow. He had also just written a Spider-Man arc for Marvel. He was also prepping like three films. Like he was just doing, he was just this multi-headed creative Hydra. Mm -hmm. And I just remember going, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I see it. I see it. I was like, you know what? I'm good, man. I was like, I've had a good journalism run. I'm good, you know? And fast forward to the end of BET, the first thing that I produced in BET was, or helped produce, wasn't just me, um, was a, the telethon after Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. then the, the last thing I produced in BET was the live coverage after Barack got elected the first time. Wow. So I was like, I feel like that is a Those cap on bookends. my journalism career, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that is, I couldn't design that better. Yeah. So beginning of 2009, I was like, journalism, I love you. Peace. I'm out of here. I'm going to be screenwriter. Or bus. And so you went leaping off another cliff. I went leaping off another cliff, you know, but this one turned out to be, um, you know, a cliff where I'm falling through multiple dimensions and you've fallen for years, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think I told you before, that kind of defines, that attitude defines my professional life and my per- this is my life in general, you know, like, if you're the combination of somebody who gets bored quickly, um, always wants a new challenge, and is just sort of fundamentally curious, you just jump off the cliffs. That's me. There you go. You know, but own it. You know, just own it. You know, own it. You be like, that's, that's what you are. You know, and you jump off enough of them. You know, you like a stunt man and move. You like, I'm gonna just land on somebody else's back and just borrow their parachute <laughs> on the way down. And you're right. putting it on in midair. You like, you're like, no, nah, I'm just falling. I don't, I don't need a parachute. I'm good. I'm gonna get one before I land. Right. So I, you know, I jump off the cliff. But I thought I was as well prepared as I could be. You know, because that last half a year where I knew I was done you know like I, I was writing furiously I, you know I had like two pilots and like mm-hmm. some other stuff and you know and I never had a shortage of, of contacts and relationships right because mm-hmm. of what I'd done so I knew mad people even before this this is how I, life is funny right so before I leave BT like you know my boy at the time um I know it sounds weird, right? My boy was this guy, Ben Silverman, who was chairman of NBC, right? Yeah. That's, like, that's my boy. And I, I, I know it sounds weird, right? It sounds you know, weird. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> that is crazy. My boy. So I was like, mm-hmm. sure. I was like, yo, son, you know, like, I'm about to leave in a few months, but I've been writing, you know, da da da. You know, read my stuff. And he's like, oh, man. So you think you have to read it. I got whatever, man. Whatever. I got you. You know, we can do a little development deal. Da-da-da. So I'm like, I got my, I'm like, I'm sewn up already. You know what I mean? I'm right. like, I'm good. You know, you know, I'm, I'm still like working on my stuff, but I'm not really <laughs> stressing it because my man runs NBC and it's like, he got me. So why am I worried about this? Right. Um, so I leave BT, you know, in February is my last check. And like a month and a half later, my man is fired from NBC. Oh. Um, and uh, <laughs> ain't that always ain't that always the way? <laughs> and you know, and because I wasn't doing because I wasn't doing this the right way, I was doing this the New York hustle way. It wasn't like I had built an NBC relationship, right? right? I had a Ben relationship. You had arrested on one. You know person. what I'm saying? And then it was like, boop. So I was like, all right. No worries, no worries. I got this. I got this. You know, it's okay. I remember telling my um, I can't recall my my assistant that does this woman a disservice, but my my right and left hand, you know, this woman Paula Renfro who worked with me at the Source, worked with me at BT, is just everything that I am not. She is right. Mm-hmm. Um, so all my staffs come to know and love her, right? And I remember telling Paula, yeah, it's gonna take like six months. You know, <laughs> you know, it takes you know, it's gonna be like eight months. You know what I mean? But you know, it'll be good. It'll be good. You know. <laughs> 
Man, listen. So, you know, I take a minute to recover after Ben's fire. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Do what you do, right? So I begin my, my first year of selling in the screenwriting wilderness. It consists of me going to L.A. every month, right? And thank God as well, besides Paula, first of all, to do any of this stuff, you need, like, the support system from right. God. Of from course. God, right? It ain't, it ain't you. It's really the team. Like, yes. I had I have I had my girl Paula. I had my girl girl. I had my partner, you know, mm-hmm. in life and crime, who was just my rocket. Impossible to have done anything without her. Yeah. I had my boy Carlito Rodriguez, who was trying to do the same thing I was doing. So we kind of would push each other, inspire each other. Like you, you just need. You're not an island, you know. You're mm-hmm, like an archipelago, mm-hmm. right? It's a whole lot of islands, right? So I was like, all right, you know, um, let's make the budget. You know, I had you know, some money saved away, you know, whatever. So in my head, I'm like, I got like two years of dough stacked away, and it's going to take like eight months. Mm. So you're good. Good, son. Like, it's good. <laughs> it's good, right? No worries. So, you know, I make no changes structurally to my life. Um, you know, I mean, you guys may get the lessons as you go on, but I'm going to call a few of them out. Number one, you do something like this, make structural changes, <laughs> please. You move from your high six-figure, fancy New York media job life to be essentially a starving writer, change your life, okay? <laughs> okay? Move out of your, move out of your move fancy out of apartment. Fancy you know, I'm saying, you know, like, just don't... Uh, don't wait. Stop just, bathing just, in champagne. Just, yeah, Don't do that just, anymore. Just do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you know, leave, leave the Louis, Louis whatever. I don't drink none of that stuff. <laughs> whatever that number is, don't drink that. Drink some Moscato. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, make structural. I did not make structural changes. Right? So you were still living like I you still, had that salary. An apartment, you know, Tribeca Battery Park border, you know, a not cheap part of New York that City. amazing. It's a very nice apartment. Um <laughs> And every month I would go to LA for a week. You know, I would usually stay at my man Reggie's house, and I would hit LA. You know, sometimes sometimes I would go with my boy Guy, sometimes I would go with my boy uh, KP, Kwan Prather. You know, our friends, right? And you know, I'd always go. I had meetings set up. You know, all, all kinds of people, right? Like I remember one meeting I had with, and it's like I didn't really appreciate. I kind of appreciate, but not really, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had this meeting really early with this guy, um, Rick Rosen, who ran. TV for WME. Mm-hmm. There are people who just heard that and like, all right, cool, yeah. That's what I said at the time. Like, mm-hmm. that statement means so much, yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm yeah. like, and I'm like sitting down with dude, you know what I mean? Because I know people who know people, right? So I have no problem getting meetings, right? And I would go to LA, and I would go to LA like I was a New York superhero, right? And I go to LA with like I'm in people's offices, and I'm like, all right, here's what I'm bringing to the table. First of all, you see my work. Right, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know who I am, son. Right. Speaks for itself. So damn, so damn arrogant. You know, it's like, you know what I be doing, son. You know. <laughs> so you know, so I'm like, look, like here I am. I have, oh I have my body of work, right? Mm-hmm. I have these scripts. You know, they're not half bad. Like I've been writing. Like mm-hmm. I have these scripts. You know, and I have my, you know, sterling personality, right? So. <laughs> You know, and I'm coming from from New York in a particular era of New York where, like, look, I seen Puff do this. I seen Russ, you know, mm-hmm. up close. Like, I know, like, you know, a combination of, like, you know, you know, your work, your product, you know, the the real good gift of gab. Like, New Yorkers talk themselves into everything, everything. right? 
So I'm like, I'm going to go to L.A. You know, I'm going to hit the ground running. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to talk. And I'm just going to come back with something. Mm-hmm. So I'm in all these offices, and I'm just, like, kicking my game. And people are like, oh, my God, you're incredible. You know, we love you. And da-da-da. And it feels like manna from heaven. And you feel so good because L.A. is, oh, my God, that is Sodom and Gomorrah. Wait, man, <laughs> Hollywood. But I did not understand that New York, especially New York music industry and L.A., especially L.A. film industry, speak completely different languages. Mm. Actually, they speak the opposite language. That's interesting. Opposite language. And we all find it a hard way. So the language that I've been working in the last 10 years is the language of, please listen to my demo. Nah, that's whack. Mm, Not feeling that, right? Mm. The language I encounter in Hollywood is, oh, my God, that's amazing. That is the best. Oh, my God. (laughs) We need to we need to talk to so and so and the next the next time the, the next time you're out here, you know, we're gonna have we're gonna be at the Ivy and, and then you're like Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're just eating you know it up like you know, you know what I'm saying? And you're back exactly on exactly what I thought would happen when I got here. You're back on the plane and you like head back to New York like, yo, I'm dope, you know what I'm saying? You hit the ground <laughs> and then like But they're so it's they're so nice with it. Cause I mean I'm not an idiot, right? Like I'm a fairly intelligent guy. But that is so nice with it. I swear to you not. It's like six months into this one. I'm like, wait, wait. Hold up. Nothing has actually happened. <laughs> right? Like, I am running in the same spot. Wow. And my bank account is slowly like dwindling, dwindling. down. Yeah. I have a lot of love, a lot of, oh, my God, you're great. A lot of, I love this script. You know, maybe let's next time. I have, I have a lot of future promises of some mm-hmm. and I, was, I, was, I had to get past my arrogance and mm-hmm. I had to get past the trap of my own success my own past success mm-hmm. and I had to contend with an immediate failure to build future success mm-hmm. I had to be like no you are screwing this up you just screwing this up this is not how this works these people don't care about your work they don't yeah. give a damn about it. like that stuff, all that stuff is cool as icing on the cake. Where the mm-hmm. cake at? Yeah. Where the cake at, son? And I was ignoring the cake. And the cake is your work in their world, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the only currency that really makes sense. So I was like, okay. Maybe like nine months in, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm a dead going out to L.A. And I'm just going to sit down in New York City and I'm just going to write. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write every day. I'm going to write something new. I'm going to, I'm just going to write. Mm-hmm. So I spent a year writing. Um, so I wrote. And when I came out of my cave, and I still use that metaphor to this day, but now I use it in like shorter increments. I don't need to go away for a year, but I'll tell my people, I'm going in the cave for like a month. Yeah. Do not call me. Do not text me. Unless your name is Selwyn Hines' daughter. <laughs> just don't just don't right. and when I come out the cave I'll be party happy someone again right? right and I came out the cave and I had what I thought at the time was the best piece of material that I'd written so this is I'm gonna stop you there, sure. right there just yeah. for a moment because yeah. what you said the other day I had to write it down because it was so <laughs> profound I just was like it gave me like goosebumps what did I say you said you had gone to LA yeah. and you tried to talk yourself into being a writer yeah and then you discovered that you had to write yourself into being a writer and i was like "Ooh, church (laughs) that was so can you email that to me absolutely (laughs) i sure will i wrote it down and i was like that was so that was so profound see give yourself props for the way you do this because i would not remember that really that was just me talking that's not like a part of my phraseology 
I think now it will be, right? Mm-hmm. But that's why we just having such a good a good conversation that, you know, that was just me spitting, you know what I mean? And yeah. anyway, just, that's just a side note to be like my editing side appreciates your structural oh, approach well, to I'm, this, you know what oh I mean? I'm snapping, yeah. I'm snapping, <laughs> I'm snapping. <laughs> I appreciate is, that so that much. Is, that, is, that is as concise a description and accurate as, as I could say. Yeah, I was trying to talk myself into being a writer, you know, and there's no way around the work. Because I tried. Even right, though I didn't right. consciously tell myself that's what I was doing, that's what I was doing. You know, right. I was trying to shortcut. Like, there's, there's, there's no way around the work. I'm not sure if it's Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 thing. Maybe it's that. Whatever it is, whatever that body of time and effort and application is, you have to do it. You know, whether you can compress it because you don't sleep for a year and you do it that way or you spread it out. However you do it. It's that chasm in the road that cannot, you have to walk, you like, you got to deal with it. Yeah. And so that, so that year for me, you know, um, and it was scary. It was like, okay, let me, um, let me just write my way into this. Because you, you essentially became a freshman yeah. in this. Yeah. You had gone from yeah. being at the yeah. top of this field of several mediums. That is a brilliant observation. And now you're yeah. starting from the beginning. I think that that's a cycle because... Right, the the reality of what you're doing comes to you in waves, right? It doesn't like, mm. yeah, you think you, are great, you jumped off the cliff or whatever. But there is a part of you that refuses to really do what starting over means, right? Yes, right. Part of you refuses to hit rock bottom, right? Right. And that to me took three years after beginning this thing to accept that. You know what I mean? Like you refute. You, you, that's why you like. Yeah, it'll take eight months. You you can just transition. You know, <laughs> if somebody's like, nah, I have to. It's like the army. I have to break you down to your core and build you all build the way back, back up. Mm-hmm. It is the only way it works. But we don't accept that. You know, so better you just know it, accept it, and figure out how to do it as fast and efficiently as possible. So that first year, you know, f- of writing for me was that. So by then, two years had passed, you know, almost a year of trying to be, you know, Puff Daddy Jr. Um, <laughs> unsuccessfully. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it, Sean. Like, for real, like that. <laughs> God bless. That's that's his gift, right? A year of doing that unsuccessfully, trying to talk my way into it. Nope. And then a year of writing. Mm. Um, so now we're already two years into past my little eight-month thingy, right? Mm. Um, by this point in time, I'm down there broke. You know, um, I'm surviving by the grace of my partner, you know, yeah. um, I'm being tempted like, you know, Jesus on the, on the mountain all the time. Cause all is like, you should go get a job, right? You should go get a job, right? You have a child, right? You have like stuff to do, like, right. you know, and ain't like people ain't, you know, every now and again, like, no, what are you, you know what I mean? So it's sort of like. I know how the story ends, right? This is me going to do this thing, immediate satisfaction, put this thing back on the back burner. I wake up and, you know, tomorrow I'm, I don't know, I'm 50. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it just, I had I have to stay the course. So the way that that year ends is, I, so I have I have this script I wrote, which it was a pilot for, um, for a one-hour drama, sci-fi pilot. And I make one call, right? Or one email. So not, I'm not talking to 100 people, I make one email. My boy Franklin Leonard, um, LA people know who he is, but Franklin's done amazing things in LA. But before he did all that stuff, he interned for me like way back in the day. Wow. And he was just so brilliant and so dope. And all of a sudden, you know, the film thing was on his horizon. And then when it was time for him to bounce to LA, you know, you know, he bounced out and it was all love. And I mean, we've we reconnected, you know, kind of, you know, before this. But then he made a hell of a name for himself out there. Um, but he's the man. 
So I have this pilot, and I'm like, hey, Franklin. So I wrote a thing. I think it's good. It may be trash. You know, I don't have any objective way to verify that. Mm-hmm. Would you be so kind and gracious as to read the thing? And if you think it's good, I'd love to talk to you about trying to find a manager. Mm-hmm. That's simple. I was like, yo, son, I got to get a deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you dropped all of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was real simple. It was like, is this thing good? Check A, check B. Right. If check A, can we can we push it one more step along the line? Right. And he jumped like two steps forward. He he hit me back and he was like, "This guy's gonna call you in an hour." Mm. And I didn't know what that meant. I was like, "I <laughs> guess that's good, right?" Mm. And then um, this guy calls calls me, not emails me, and this guy named Jim Garavente, um, who worked at this big management company, uh, Gotham Group in L.A., where I'm still signed. And Jim calls and he was like, "I read your stuff. I think you're brilliant. I want to sign you." Mm. And I was like, Crazy. "Okay." <laughs> and then I was like, I turned to my girl and I was like, "That was easy, but not." You know what I mean? <laughs> because that's like a little tip of an iceberg with a whole universe like below the surface, course, right? Yeah. All that pain and time and effort went into that. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm signed to a big management firm, right? It's like the thing aspiring screenwriters kind of you know whatever this and, is like and this time around it mm-hmm. was a, your work is what got you yeah that. it wasn't yep. anything you said to anyone he had never met me right. he had never seen me my boy was like read this thing i ain't even gonna put no sauce on it right yeah? and he read the thing and was like who was this you know like it was just that's how this happens that's yeah. how this works you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta have the thing you know and i finally at that point had the thing and then i realized there are many miles yet to go. Mm. This isn't over, you know? Um, so then I took another year. So from 2010 to 2011, um, Jim and I worked on more stuff, you know? He was like, I want to break you in on the movie side, you know? And we spent a year doing that. Just when I finally got like a movie that we thought was really good, then um, we were like, all right, so this is the end of 2011 by this time. So like, all right, so let's add an agent to the team. I want to get to inside baseball. Imagine the agents do different things, right, uh, mm-hmm. for a writer. Um, <clears throat> you know, your manager is your your day-to-day, your touchy-feely, you know what I mean, your emotional support. Well, good ones anyway, right? Imagine it's mommy, right, mm-hmm. in some ways, right? Agents is daddy. Agents is like, you got that joint, son? We go sell it? <laughs> I bet. Here go the check. Right. Pretty much, you know. Yeah. A- a- agents are trans. I mean, good ones have some of that stuff, too, but agents are transactional. They're mm-hmm. like, you gonna make some money for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very 1970s pimp, you know. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you on that block right now? Nah, Halloween, you ready? You know, <laughs> right. like we try to message you, yeah, but the manager will, I'm gonna get you ready, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just go shopping, you know what I mean? <laughs> get them high heels. <laughs> you know? We'll get you ready for the block. <laughs> yeah, this it it kind of is. I'm not. It's a little. It's a little American pimp out there. I, I can't front. Um, Anyway, <laughs> I've learned to love it. So, you know, I was ready for my pimp, you know, by the end of 2011. And, um, you know, we had a round robin of phone calls. And I was like, wait, I'm interviewing agents to be my agent? And I was like, this is weird, but yeah. cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, so we ended up going with um, William Morris, WME. You know, so I signed in January 2012. And 
then that's where the decision tree really comes in, right? So I'm, I'm more chastened by this point. Yeah. You know, I'm already kind of beaten up a lot. I'm looking around at the financial landscape, and it looks horrible. Really? You know, I, I still have my albatross of an apartment. Um, that's so interesting because in, in my head, I think, you know, once you have your manager and your agent, things yeah, are popping at that point. see, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is why <laughs> this is why we need to do a lot more with this stuff. Yeah. Th- this game is a one, it's a marathon, and two, it's a video game. And you beat a level and you ain't winning the game. Right. You get a more difficult level and a bigger boss at the end of it. Wow. That's what this that's what this career is. Hmm. So I I just beat the first boss. Mm-hmm. Like you know how much more games you got here to play, <laughs> you know? Ain't no ain't no pot of gold right now, you know. You right. just signed. So I was like, all right. At this point now, I'm like, I don't want to leave nothing to chance, man. I'm like, I've got this big agency, this big manager, this, like, script. I, re- I wrote this, like, big sci-fi script that's about to what they call, you know, go out to the town, you know, so all the producers and the studios. Long talking to my girl, I was like, I have no idea what, what this is going to do to my relationship, my parent relationship, my relationship with my kid's parent. You know, there's so yeah. many, like, vector relationships. But I was like, if this is actually going to happen, I have to go to L.A. Yeah. Gotta go. I just gotta go. I just gotta go. I just gotta be there. It ain't gonna be easy. It's gonna be. It, it's just, and it wasn't. And you know, but you know, again, my partner was mad supportive, and she's like, "We'll figure it out." And you know, unloaded the albatross of the apartment. And here's the perfect m- metaphor for all of this. Um, my movers came the same, you know, because this is the most economic way to do it, right? My movers came to pack me away the same day my flight is leaving, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm leaving that night from JFK. The day I'm packing away, um, you know, I ended up, my girl had to, like, go out of town. It was just something that could not be avoided. So I had to do it for Dolo, right? Movers and movers. So they're mad late. Suddenly, the rate they were talking about is, like, double. You oh, Like, God. son, you getting in my pocket right now. I barely, oh, my God. I barely got two cents right now. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, you want this to move or not, you know? It's so mafia. You know, you like. So, like, literally, like, you know, I have my stuff is sitting in the crib, and I'm sitting on top of a crate in tears because I actually do not have the money Oh man! to complete the move. Everything I have has gone into my ticket. You know, like, I just, you know, I had enough to do what I had to do. And I'm like, so I, I made a round-robin call to family. You know, my family came through. You know, wow. it took me, like, an hour to pull it all together, but my family came through. And I was like, all right, can we complete the move? complete the move of course by now i'm running so behind schedule right mm. this day leave i lock the joint i sprint out you know catch cab you know jfk i get this insane cab driver who is like having a divorce maybe so he's on the phone to the, his lawyer and his girl going back and forth and i'm just like son <laughs> i gotta catch this plane to go the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to die on the way to the airport. <laughs> and we get to the airport mad late. And I'm oh it's such God. a movie scene. I am flying to the counter, bag in the Slowly. air, computer flying to the counter, right? And I'm like, please tell me I can still get on the whatever it was literally the last flight in JFK. Oh it was like the nine fifty or whatever. And sweet lady, she's like, I'm sorry, sir, you missed it. Oh my God, Selwyn. And I stand there and as I I swear it feels like 
like it's not that big a deal. Like, really, but right that moment, like this whole Everything day, just it just crashes in on me, and it takes everything I have not to burst into tears of in the middle of the airport. And I just take a really deep breath, and I'm like, "When can you give me the next one?" Mm-hmm. And also, do I go in my pockets? Because that's also like a factor. Right, <laughs> right? Right. And she's like, "No, no, 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 no change for you, none of that stuff. I can get you one to like six something." So I'm like, you know what I'm not doing? I'm not leaving this airport. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, because I got friends afterwards. The guy was like, why are you calling me? And I had friends who were like, you know, come stay. I was like, you know what? I ain't leaving this airport. So I just pull my bag out and I lay right on that floor. Wow. And I fall and I fall asleep. And I'm on this cold floor in JFK waiting for my flight. And I was just like, okay. And when I was thinking about this, I was like, you know what? Because I hadn't thought about it in a while. And I was like, you could look at this day two ways. You could look at it as... Because it's an omen either way, right? Mm-hmm. You could look at it as like, man, just all these obstacles in the universe are just throwing stuff in your way. And you know what I mean? If if it's starting out like this, and like, oh my God, like, you know, you could look at it in the, that glass half empty kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, that's the way I chose to look at it, you could look at it as, yeah, yeah, all that stuff happened. And you know what happened too? I kept moving forward. Mm-hmm. I just kept moving forward. It, the stress, the tears, the whatever. Okay, you would on. not be broken. I would not be broken. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm already damn near broken down to my core. Not to know, I was, I had more breaking down to do. But at <laughs> that point, it felt like I was as broken down yeah. as I could be. And I was like, nope, I got it this far. I was like, all these heavy New York appendages. I'm like, ain't nothing else I could do. Look, I'm, I'm already in debt. I can't get no more in debt than I'm right now, right? You know. Landlord already chasing me for the rent. Like, you can't chase me no more, right? right? right. Stuff is packed away and storage is there. <laughs> Ain't nothing else to be done, right? Yeah. All, all that's to be done is what is ahead of me, you know, which is these people I'm signed with, the script I wrote, and this excitement that they have. And, you know, let me hit them right now because I'll be late for this meeting because mm. this plane's going to get in later than I thought, you know? Wow. So I got off the plane, went right to WME, had my first meeting. And, uh, you know, my blessing, because this whole process of blessings is that my father has lived in L.A. for the last 35 years, mm-hmm. you know, since the 70s, um, since he and my mom um, divorced. So I had a place to lay, to, to, to lay my head. And he, you and I talked about this, too, and it's sort of like all of the stuff to get to this point. Like, I could not have been at this point in that first year when I was, you know, Puff Daddy Jr., you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I was still too fly. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. The memory of who I used to be was still too recent. Like, mm-hmm. if you'd have told me, yeah, son, you know, in two years, you know, my pocket's going to be hurting and you're just going to be like, dad, I just need to come lay my head. You're going to be, you know, grown-ass man with a kid. You know, people say, how old are you? You know how old I am? Grown-ass man with a kid. That's how old right, I am, right? right? You're going to be that dude on your, on your pop's couch, you know, for some indeterminate amount of time. Right. I'd be like, crazy. Like, I can't even see that. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's where I was, you know. But I was also that dude that was, you know, signed to the biggest agency in town, mm-hmm. you know, and had a script. You know? So you have to find the things that, like, give you that fuel and just hold on to them, you know. So I hit L.A. spring of 2012, and, um, you know, the next wave of this journey started. And so 2012 was, uh, I guess his time is five years ago now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and 2012 was three years since, like, I began the Odyssey. So, in total, where I am today is eight years from the day I said I wasn't going to take a job again. And wow. I didn't, you know. And um, and just, you know, just for the just for the listening audience, the way the thing actually worked out. Because clearly, 
I'm a little more cheerful than I would be if I was still eating ramen noodles. Um, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, you know, it didn't get it didn't get easier. Um, so I had two really hard years in LA, I would say. So from 2012 to 2014. But it's balanced because on the one hand, you're you're doing all the initial grunt work of the career, right? You're like meeting producers and you're meeting people and you're, you know, every now and again you get a little ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollar, you know, job on the screen. You know what I mean? You're doing mm-hmm. you're just taking what you can get and you're just kinda building it slowly and growing and growing and growing. And I actually thank God every day that because what did not happen for me was the little once in a million lightning bolt that used to happen more in the nineties, but it doesn't happen so now, which is a writer writes a script, right? This this is the myth, right? Right? So script somewhere in, in in you know, in Fargo comes to Hollywood. Oh my god, and somebody buys for a million dollars. Right. Now there was a point in time where that was happening more. It's called, you know, people buying a spec script, right? In the nineties that that happened a fair amount. But it's still such a like it's such a tantalizing you know, thought and image that a lot right. of people like hold on to that. I'm gonna write this script and they're gonna buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 99.9% that is not how this works. But if that had happened, thank God, if I actually had sold that first script, I'd be failing out of the business today mm. easily. Mm-hmm. It is such a difficult, difficult business. And there's so many skills you have to learn. Like if I just come straight off the, you know, the proverbial block and be mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm getting, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do, right? Like in these intervening years, what have I learned? I've learned how to pitch, you know, which is the like real lifeblood of the business because, mm-hmm. you know, you do talk your way into work, but in a different kind of way yeah, <laughs> than yeah. I did, you know. I learned how to pitch, you know, I learned how to stack projects, you know, so I actually know how to write three or four scripts at a time, which you kind of need to do to be successful. You know, I learned this weird alchemy of, it's a lot of almost like conflicting skills, you know, because you have to both be what they call good on the page and good in the room, mm-hmm. right? So you have to have the the writer skill, and usually that personality is someone who is, you know, introverted. And right, da, right. Da, da. But you also have to be good in the room. You also have to be charismatic. You also have to be able to walk in the room and people are like, I want to talk to that guy, and right? You, you know, and it's, but it's, you know, like they're all, they're almost kind of, you know, you know, yeah. opposite, right, you know? Right. Um, yeah, mo- most of the like dickheads in the business are directors. Like writers, <laughs> writers can be difficult. <laughs> right, <laughs> like we right, can't, you know, right. we're too low in the totem pole. Relatively speaking, you know, and um, people got to work with you for two, three months on the line. They're like, you paying the ass too? Right. You know, whatever. Yeah. So there, there is a lot to the success of the career besides the writing. And I also got better at the craft of it in those two years. So, you know, again, like a video game, I had to work my way up to the next big boss and be prepared. So when my break came, and again, it's weird because it's like, well, you broke in, you know, whatever. And, you know, but you're still getting little things along the way, like, I got a ton of rejection, you know, in a way, like jobs I went out for and, you know, a lot of little pats on the heads, like, nah, you know, Mm -hmm. I got turned down a bunch of times. My agency fired me, you know, Mm. which, which at the time was, was traumatic. But, you know, I had been bumped and bruised enough by that time, you know, I was like, it's all good, you know. No, but and it generally was all good, you know. I was like, "This is the business. This is the business." You I mean, know? that's one of the takeaways that I had when you were saying all the things that you learned. Yeah, I was like, "You learned how to recover from rejection." Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. and that's so important when you're oh, in Hollywood yeah. because anywhere when but, you're in this yeah. industry, but that is, but that industry, this that industry is based on no. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, yeah. you know, I used to think the music business. Nice yeah, 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 I used, and those hurt more, you, you know. Go 
those hurt more. I used to think the music business was bad, right? Because, you know, back early in the days when we, when we used to produce, you know, me and Mark and my crew, you know, we had groups, you know, whatever. Spent many a meeting on some, like, please listen to my demo, like, sign my boys when I was in college. Got many a, I think Mark still has, like, a nice letter from Columbia, like, mm-hmm. being like, nah, we can't sign y'all. <laughs> like, crew. So, you know, I thought I knew what rejection kind of felt like, but it actually, like, it's such a part of the business in, in Hollywood, you know, because yeah. they have to sort through all the things to get to the, you know, so, like, imagine, I don't know what other job does, imagine there's an opportunity, right? We won't even be specific. Let's keep it general, right? Uh, I mean, specific not, I mean, specific in terms of the industry, but for me, obviously, that means an opportunity to write a movie, but say whatever business you're in, right? Mm-hmm. Here's an opportunity. This is this project. Okay, good. To prepare for this project, you know, you take like two weeks, you take like a month, you got to do mad work, right? Like, you prepare for the project like you were actually going to do the project, right? Mm-hmm. The first year of the project, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Okay, good, good, good. I'll go away. You may have two or three other projects happening at the same time, right? So you got to find the time to be, you know, prepare the project, and then I got it right. Okay, okay, here, I know how to stay. Okay, great, we have this meeting. Okay, tell us, tell us the project, like break it down. Okay, great, we have this meeting. You break down the project, you pitch it. It's wonderful, it's great, it's the best, da 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 da. You know, okay, great, great. You go away, hear back a couple of days later, like, yeah, nah, they, you know, they went the, you know, a different direction. Mm-hmm. You can't get that time back. Mm-mm. It's a lot. It's 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 yeah. chronological time. It's emotional time. Yeah. It's time you took from other things. Yeah. But it is the way it works. Yeah. It's damned inefficient in in a lot of ways, but it's also it also has its benefits. So I had I because I went through enough of those to a get better at it, you know, because I just take the rejection personally, even though I get over it. I'm like, what did I not? What did I? You know what I mean? I'm always looking for the like, how can I get better? How can I get better? How can right, I get better? Right. You know. So anyway, all that to say that two two years in, when WME fires me, I'm prepared for it, and I also leave them at the point where, like, literally, I'm like a month before like my first studio job, which mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, it's a little job, so they wasn't really sweating it you know <laughs> but you know i get my so i get my first studio job into the first time i am hired at a studio rate to write a movie is in 2014 wow um you know but again that first check is still relative you know i'm like yeah. you're like hmm, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> okay after them you know after rep agencies and mm-hmm. taxes i'm like Okay, you know, don't don't trip on you know, the the, the the lesson is get more of these and get a higher number, you know, right. raise your quote as the business says. Right. But you started. Yeah. You know, I was like, Wow, you know. So yeah, so I became a real writer <laughs> in twenty fourteen. Twenty fifteen I started this relationship with a with a Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. Um wow. you know. Um Lionsgate was doing this uh there was a thing that studios were doing a couple of years ago, a few years ago, where they were doing these, these like writer room things, which is a TV construct, mm-hmm. but studios were doing it, where they'd be like, you know, we own a bunch of IP, and IP means intellectual, you know, property, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's books they own or old movies, and they'd say like, all right, let's get a bunch of writers who are not terribly expensive yet, you know, sort of early in their career, and you know, lock them down for some period of time, and be like, come up with stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this amazing year at Lionsgate, on you know, during which I came up with a lot of stuff. Lionsgate taught me how to survive at a studio, you know, how to write at a studio, um, and it was just a great experience. And yeah, they've just kind of come after that. So a couple of Lionsgate jobs, um, this amazing project that I actually just turned in this week. Um, for, can, I, uh, can I share that I read? Yeah, okay, I let, I just, yeah. I'm not going to say I'm anything that's at okay, all. That's okay. That's I'm okay. I'm not going to say anything other 
at all other than I read seven pages <laughs> and it was ridiculous y'all I mean I was just like what I can't wait I'm just saying I can't uh, wait I, it was he's an amazing writer you guys well, I mean as you can you. tell well, from this conversation well, I mean if you, you can't gather it based on his breadth of experience in, this, in, in, in his writing career he's an exceptional writer so okay that's it i'm gonna stop i'm gonna gonna let you i'm gonna let you i'm gonna gonna stop being kanye i'm gonna let you finish i'm gonna let you finish finish. (laughs) now that's 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 well said that's well said but you know and sometime in the near future that will come out officially in the trades but this week something came out in the trades that was very exciting and um, i knew about it when we talked the other day and i was like I think this is going to come out before we do the interview. So I'm going to just let her discover it, you know, mm-hmm. the right way. And that is the fact that, um, you know, HBO hired me to write this um, series that is just astonishing. Um, it's based on this book called Who Fears Debt uh, by my homegirl, Nettie, Nettie O. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to hip-hop her whole name up right now because she's <laughs> so fly. Like... The way you the way you talked about like writing, um, reading my script, mm-hmm. I read the first page of this novel and I was in tears. Wow. Clearly, I cry a lot, y'all. I think I've like said oh, that a few times. I have no problem with that. See, I'm a, that's I'm who a, I am. See, I'm a strong man in touch with my animals. emotions, you know. But I have Thank a lot you. of emotions. I love I'm a, it. I'm a writer. That's artist. what makes you a great writer. You know, I'm a touching my. <laughs> <laughs> Be quiet. So Jeff, you know that that book hit me in places I did not know existed. You know, and it's um. It's an amazing piece of work. I mean, it'll put you in the mind of Octavia Butler. Mm. You know, it's it's Afrofuturist. It's wow. it's set in this you know dystopic wow. North Africa. It's a coming of age story about this young girl who's born of this very you know uh, this moment of violence. You know, it's about tribalism. It's about magic. It's about myth. It's about finding your destiny. It's damn near some Star Wars type stuff. You know mm. what I mean? And but in a real contained, character grounded way. And I was just blown away by it. And it's crazy how it happened because I'd had this relationship with the guys at HBO for a couple of years, right? Because when I was at Lionsgate, I was under this like lockdown contract, so mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything with anybody else. And they had this show, Vinyl, you know, that was like a music industry show. And they were like, oh, you'd be so perfect for this. And I'd be like, yeah, but I can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so weird thing about Hollywood, telling people no gets them really excited, right? <laughs> like They're like, what, what you mean? What you mean? We HBO. I'm like, I know y'all HBO, but I can't. My con- I can't. Right, you know? right. And uh, we actually joke about it. And they were like, actually, that was like the best. Because Vinyl ended up not doing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, you got the sort of like love from us wanting you really badly for that show mm-hmm. without the like stain of the show's failure. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? yeah. So basically, we had this understanding like, okay, as soon as you are free, we have to find something to work on. And... This started very simply, you know. They 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 gave they gave me the novel. And they were like, just read it soon, think about it. And I read it, and damn near call back in tears. I mean, not quite. <laughs> like, this is the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, but I, it just it just really impacted me. And yeah. um and they were like, okay, you know, come in, let's talk some ideas. So we go in and you know we kick some ideas around, and it's all good. And I'm like, oh yeah, good. So I'm like, we know what's the next step. And this is just me and like the head of co-head of drama, and you know, a couple other execs or whatever. I'm like, yeah, what's the next step? And they're like, yeah, you know, we think maybe now you should, you know, fly down to New Mexico and talk to George. And I was like, George who? 
<laughs> like you know, you know, George R. R. Martin. You mean I was like, you know what? I was like, you mean Game of Thrones, George you R. 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 Martin? Stop it! You stop it! <laughs> That's how I felt. I'm the <laughs> biggest GOT fan there is. Are you kidding me? That is how I felt at the meeting. But I'm Selling. trying. I'm trying to maintain my cool. What? I have a reputation to preserve what? here. So you know, I'm, I'm sprawled out in the office like. Yeah, you know, I could find time to fly what? down to see George. <laughs> you know, Jesus. You know, what? Y'all, y'all let me know. I'm like, I want to be like, are you kidding me? That's my whole internal wow. monologue while that's happening. I'm right? sure. I'm so sure. I leave the office and I call. Because, you know, for the we've been we've been kind of doing this for a few couple of months now. Mm-hmm. I call my, call my agent. I'm like, oh, this is a bigger deal than I've been thinking. <laughs> like, you know, I'm thinking you know, they just want me to, like, help develop this book. You know, we kind of see what happens. I'm like okay this is a big deal and they were like yeah you know but still you know still treat it how you've been treating it you know whatever so i go you know i kind of work out some ideas thinking about you know whatever the stuff writers do you know thinking about how would i adapt this book for the screen and there's just so many ways to do an adaptation and especially when it's incredible a book as who fears death was you know like i I see Nettie, I'm like, I'm bowing down. Like, I'm just like, you know, as somebody who wants to write, I haven't written a novel yet, but who want, you know, plans to do that. Like, it's intimidating, you know, just how brilliant a writer this black Nigerian American author is. Right, you know what I mean? Right. This sister is. And I was like, okay, so you got to come with your A game, you know? Like, really. So I just kind of sank into it, you know, and just thought about where, where did I, um, you know, sort of like empathetically and emotionally bond with the character, with mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. And what it inspired me to think about, and somehow, and somewhere in that kind of matrix, you kind of figure out what your, as they say in LA, what your take is. You know what you mm-hmm. want to do. So you know, so you know, life is going by. I'm working on all my many things, and they're like, hey, you know, you have like 20 minutes. You know, you can come by. You know, the author's in town. You know, we, we want her to hear oh what you're thinking about. You know, just yeah, just call like, just, just real casual, just, just, just real casual, just real casual. So I was. Like, like, He's ignoring me. Did I was like, I was like, I was like, ah. You know, I'll come by. And I'm like, you know what? Y'all ain't gonna get me again. <laughs> I was like, y'all been playing this casual, no big deal thing, and maybe it is no big deal to you guys, right? Oh I was like, God. I don't believe you. I feel like this is a big deal, and you're making it out right. to be. But that it wasn't like oh, this is the we make it. You know, it wasn't nothing. It was right. like, hey, the author's in town. She'd love to meet you. Hear what you're talking about. Come on by. Like it's some down home barbecue. Come on by. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? Nah. So I just, I over, I was like, I'm going in there with the show. Right. You know? So I was like, I'm just going to assuming this is my last and only chance to talk about this show. Absolutely. And I'm getting this job. So I just prepared, you know? And, you know, rehearsed. You know, like I pitched. Like I pitched to myself in the bathroom mirror until like, it's not weird anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm comfortable kind of mm-hmm. talking about it. And it's like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. So I go to HBO. Going to the assistant takes me in the conference room. I'm like, these my efforts. <laughs> like, man. So I'm in this conference room, right? Going around, it's full table. Right? Oh, There's God. Michael Lombardo, who is also a producer on the project, who is one of the past presidents of HBO and mm. a big effing deal. Next to him is Angela Mancuso, also one of the producers of the project and a big effing deal. Then there's Nanny and her daughter, the author, mm. brilliant author. And it's sort of intimidating. I'm like, this, this is somebody's baby, right? That you know, she's there, and then there's Francesca, the co-head of drama, and then you know, it's a full house. And oh, on the conf- on the phone in the middle of the table, dialing in live and direct from New Mexico was George R. R. Martin. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> so 
crazy. <laughs> so I walk in there and probably was like, but the probably was like, Jeez, glad you prepared. And they was like, hey, Selwyn, we heard you have thoughts. Tell us what you got. We heard you have thoughts. We heard you got some ideas. You were so smart to prepare. And I was like, you know what? I do. That's awesome. <laughs> so I did my LeBron James. I, I just I left it on the court, you right. know? And I was like, I'm going to live with these results, you right, know? Right. Um, so I, I leave I leave the meeting. Love, love, love. It's all good. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, I get an email from... Um, Michael Lombardo's assistant who's like, hey, you know, Mike and Angela want to talk to you. They have like five minutes or whatever. So I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I hang up. And uh, me being me, I'm in like soldier, but I'm like, okay, what did I not say in my pitch? This is an HBO thing, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I want to talk about the second season some more. So I literally spent like, two hours just like coming up with stuff right. what that they could possibly want to talk about, right? Over preparing again, right? And then they call, we chit chat, we shoot the breeze. And then Michael's like, well, you know, we don't want you to think that we're calling you with bad news. I'm like, okay, why are you calling? I mean, not, <laughs> not in so many words, right? And then he's like, um, well, you know, we just want to let you know that we just, we want to give you the job. Oh, and, my um, goodness. You know what's funny? I knew that, <laughs> I already know the ending, but I still am like, what? <laughs> what? Like, you got me like, that's, that's, Storytelling, wow. baby. Storytelling. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. They were good. like, You're they good. were like, we so I, and I pause for like two seconds and I just say, you know, I'm just trying to keep cool. <laughs> trying to hold I'm it together. like, thank you so much. You know, da, 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 da. so, you know, we, we do the like the big pleasantries for like a minute of thank yous and whatever. And, I'm, and then I'm just like, can you guys excuse me a second? I got to go because I got to call my mother. Oh, man. You know, and uh, got off the phone. And yeah, my mom was my first call. And because, uh, you know, we've come a long way since that Times Square, right. I'm joining the army moment, you right. know, and my mom has been, you know, even if she didn't get it, right? She was like, you know, like, I get you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I might not understand this particular weird, strange thing you're doing right now, but I get you. I believe in you. I support you. And, um, you know, like, I really knew that I found that out for real when I was 27 i was having a little crisis of confidence emotions like all this kind of stuff i was going through like a bad patch i was you know i had some depression and stuff whatever and i was talking to my mother and part of that was because i was suffering from that anxiety of like i've done so much already at 27 28 right and i was like what you know what i mean like i was feeling yeah i was, I was like feeling peaked. that natural pressure like mm-hmm. yeah like have i peaked like what else is there to do and right, you know yeah. feeling like you know like a lot of stress about it and my mother said to me, she was like, Selwyn, if you never do anything else for the rest of your life, I cannot be more proud of you. Aww. And I think that 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 freed me up. That freed me up. That freed me up to be even more daring and adventurous. But, you know, like, could we still have And it that? made it so that it'd be okay for you to fail. Yeah. Like, you don't, because yeah. sometimes the fear yeah. of failure will keep you well, frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for, for her yeah. to say that, it's like, okay, yeah. even if I set out to chart this new, yeah. the new course, and I don't do well. My mom, she's she's got me. She's got she, my back. She gave me my and my, that's wonderful. My, my permission slip. You know, maybe I might not have really thought it through like that until today. You're making me think about a lot of things. Oh, you know, he was good. I'm at popping you. my little he collar was good right at your now. Job. Well, thank you so much. You, you know, but yeah, but so I called her and I was like, Mom, um, I'm gonna write a show for HBO. 
And she was like, "What?" Because <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's a she's a big because she's a big Game of Thrones fan, all right? right? Okay, Which like mom, yes. I didn't really know, so I'm all like, because I'm used to like really breaking down the film for the mom. I was like, "Yeah, you know." And there's this guy; he's one of the producers. You may not know his name, but you know, he's, he's uh, George. Like as soon as I said George R R, she was like Martin, <laughs> and I was like, "You know who that is?" <laughs> she was okay, like, mom. <laughs> She's like, fool, I watch Game of Thrones. I love you know, it. I'm down, love with, it. I'm down with Drogon. <laughs> like, so, yeah, she could not have been more happy. And, uh, you know, my whole family was just really happy. And then we had to sit on it, really. So I just told my family and, like, you know, my immediate, like, my crew crew. And I was like, you know, I don't know. Maybe this will be announced in a couple of months. I don't know. But just, yeah. you know, just put it over here and just move on, you right. know, kind of thing. So this week when the news hit has been just really special. This is the first time I've been in the trades. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, you know, the kind of life, the lifeblood of the business. This is the yeah. first sort of, like, announcement, like, the world, like, Major Salman Hines is doing something. And then it's, like, this kind of announcement, right. you know? So sort of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> what? What? How, you know? So it's been a little surreal. Um, I'm still adjusting in my own head a little bit, even though I knew it was coming for a couple of months now. Um, but... I'm excited, and uh, I have a lot of work to do. You yeah. know, I have a pilot to write. You know, I've talked to all my collaborators, you know, either via phone or email in the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. has it been? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it's been. <laughs> it seems like a whirlwind, you know. And, uh, yeah, we're just all excited, you know, and, 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 and can't wait. And just, you know, I just want to see some some beautiful black faces on, on the screen, you know, like with the kind of production value and budget you know that, oh, that hbo does you know in the in the kind of just unbelievable speculative setting that you know as again a sci-fi kid who grew up reading stephen king and chris claremont's x-men this is just it's just heaven for me absolutely and i'm so grateful to i mean obviously people are like yeah of course you won't say that no but for real like i'm so grateful to hbo you know for taking the chance and specifically for the exec there francesca because you know the first thing she said to me you know in we're meeting stuff she was like you're doing mad cool stuff, but you haven't had a chance to do like what I know you want to do, right? Mm. Like, your, like genre stuff. And I was mm. like, nah, you know, I'm doing a lot of great projects, but I haven't done anything that's like sci-fi, fantasy, or, or you know, I'm just waiting for the right one. She was like, let me find something for you, you know. Wow. And uh, that's dope. she knew what I wanted to do, you know. And uh, I will thank her for it for a long time to come. So there was one <laughs> thing that you said during when you were talking, you were recounting your experience, and you were talking about you. You, you were faced with that question that I feel I think every artist is faced with this question. Do I go get a job? Like a regular yeah. job? Oh my god, yeah. I yeah. really have a great deal of appreciation for people who admit that that's a conversation that happens yeah. for them because I think it's yeah. so important for these artists who are in the middle of their struggle to know that, that it's actually kind of part of the process yeah. to even come up against that question maybe yeah. one, one or more times in yeah. the span of your career. Yeah. So I appreciate the fact that you were honest and open about that part of your journey. It's real. And there's still, I'm not even saying that there's a prescriptive right or wrong answer, right? Because there's so much nuance in that about you and your particulars and what kind of art you do and what kind of job you're talking. You know, like there's, oh, just, yeah. there's just so much kind of baked into it. So yes. I also want to let people know, like, there's no, 
this ain't the light and the dark side of the force. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there may be a circumstance where you need to go do X, Y, Z for two months or what. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. You know, for me, in my case and what I was doing, I made a certain choice, right? Or a certain series of choices. Um, but no, I think as long as you, again, like you said, have a conversation and approach it with integrity and honesty and just be honest with yourself of what comes out on, on the other side, Absolutely. you know? But it, it, it ain't a bit of roses, man. It's... it's you know, we all did it. I mean, we all did it. I mean, I was doing doing that. You know, little really hard dry spell. You know, I sat down there like, you know, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have those comments. You're like, what am I doing? You know, and you have enough people chirping in your. You know, because everybody's not like, yeah, you support. You know, some people are like, well, go get. You know what I mean? Like you, you have <laughs> go that. Get your job. You have that too. You know, and in my case, it was like, dude, you have two degrees from Princeton. Go get a damn job. You know, yeah. like, you know, there's no shortage of that and. It is really hard to hear that as a as a writer. Yeah. You know, like the thing that propels us along is like our belief in ourselves, right? And early on before the world starts to believe in you, like it's so fragile, it's so gossamer, you know, it's mm-hmm. so like you know, it might be an iron shell that you're trying to build on the outside, but in the middle is like the softest, like cotton candy ever. You yeah, know, and that's your yeah. confidence, that's yeah. your belief. And like every time somebody hits you, it's like a steel hammer just like tapping against your belief, and you're just trying not to make it shatter. Right. You know, but it's hard to. I used to try to explain that to people, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I, I don't. You know, like it's just you know. I mean, Erica Badu said it best. I'm an mm-hmm. artist, and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, nah, man, like, I need that, you know? Yeah. Like, if if I lose confidence in me, I sink to the bottom of the ocean like yeah. a stone, you know? Yeah. Like, that's my buoyancy, you yeah. know? It's all of our buoyancies, you know? Confidence. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, the overall lesson of this whole interview, I think, I mean, it's what I wrote down, is trust the process. Oh, yeah. Yo. <laughs> Joel and B. <laughs> NBA fans over here. <laughs> Trust the process. Yeah, yeah. I am. I, I wrote it on your page when I when I congratulated you. I, I yeah. told you that you know this is an amazing accomplishment and congratulations. Yeah. But knowing your story and what it took to get here, it makes this like so just incredible. Yeah. So again, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. This is like <laughs> the beginning. This is still it's, the beginning. It's, it's right? still early. It's, yeah, still, it's early. still early. It's still early. So thank you for sharing your story with my audience because you know, I hope I hope somebody listening walks away feeling encouraged and inspired because I know I know for myself. Oh, I'm like, you know what, Azani, I get back to writing a little bit every day. Thank you. you know? Thank you. No, I'm I'm glad. I mean, I feel the same way and I I especially because I know that I'm going to send this down there and some of them will hear it. You know, I want to send that same sentiment to young writers in Guyana. Absolutely. You know, and it could, because I know yeah. I've already kind of felt that, you know, I, I'm trying more and more to sort of build a stronger link with the writing community down there. But for the kind of country we come from, like the distance between that place and where I am seems immense. Right. You know, and I just want to communicate to like writing is your that's your plane your train your automobile your bridge it can get you anywhere and even if the structural support isn't there you know it's a different version of my like you know learning to you know write my way versus talk my way you know at the end of the day you write it and they will come you know like oh my god i really believe that 
we got to end it on that note because it just was such a perfect <laughs> punctuation to this conversation. Thank you so Thank much, Selwyn. Honestly, I was like, once, once I, I told Jeff, I was like, you know, he just got that HBO deal. I don't know. If he's gonna do <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We gonna do our show. So no, I am. No, I'm so so grateful to you for creating yeah. the space and the time for us to yeah. do this a lot longer than we had anticipated. Oh, so good. And you have so, so much work to do, and you I created know. this space. So I really it's truly important. appreciate it. You're so welcome. Is there a way for people to kind of follow you and track your career? Maybe sure. On social media. Uh, social media is the best. Um, it's the same thing everywhere. Um, at Twitter. Um, at Selwyn Hines on Instagram, at Selwyn Hines, and on Facebook, which I think I now need to do one of them like pages. I know? think so. <laughs> I think you're there, sir. I think you're there, my friend. I've been kind of like, you know, <laughs> and I'm sorry for people who have been friending me. I have like 800 like requests, requests that I haven't responded to because I'm like, I don't know these people. <laughs> Man, it took me a minute to get in there. It took me a minute. But yeah, oh, but God. you can still hit me on Facebook. It's Selwyn Safe Lines on Facebook, but Twitter and IG are. are whatever just open just follow me yeah. in there um and uh yeah you can keep track of what's happening next year it's going to be uh you know knock on wood a pretty exciting year yeah so i'm looking I, forward to I it i have no doubt looking forward to it well guys if you want to follow me you can follow the outlet radio show at outlet radio show on facebook on instagram and on twitter and you can follow azania me on um instagram and twitter at i am azania shangay thank you guys so much for listening and tuning into this episode this has been a great ride i mean honestly it felt like the time just went by because i was oh. lost in these stories <laughs> it was just great thank you so much selwyn you're welcome thank you jeff and thank you guys for listening until cool. next time Bye. take care welcome this is selwyn sifu hines yes i writer of many things and you are listening to the outlet radio show with my girl Azania Shangi.